Let's face it, we frontliners see the absolute worst of humanity more than we may like, definitely a lot more than the general population. And while I can certainly appreciate heading to the local, off-shift friendly drinking establishment after a particularly difficult night, I'd much rather cope with finding whatever humor I can in a bad situation. Trust me, it's better than having to call my adult daughter to pick me up from a bar at 9 o'clock in the morning because I can't, uh, find my keys. My name is Jennifer Cosgrove, and I've been a night shift nurse for close to two decades. I created Overnight Observations to not just celebrate and share the often extremely dark sense of humor many of us possess, but to really dig in and chat about how allowing ourselves to find levity in serious situations not only helps us cope in the moment, it's also been scientifically proven to be beneficial to our overall mental health and physical well-being. So grab a cup of lukewarm coffee and a cold slice of pizza, sit back and relax, but not too much, you'll get us all in trouble, and just observe. Hey, everybody, welcome to another wonderful episode of Overnight Observations. I am your host, Jen, and I know I talked before about having some interviews. I already had one, and now we're going to do another one. This time, it's with a very dear friend of the family, Mr. Hunter Swan. Hunter is a former Marine, correct? Yep. Awesome. How'd you get into the Marines? Yeah, so uh, it was unexpected, honestly. It wasn't something I planned on doing. In high school, I had a one of my best friends, his older brother, joined right out of high school. He was a year ahead of us. He joined with his best friend. We unfortunately lost him. And when uh, when my best friend Rob and I were graduating, Rob decided he was going to join. And uh, I kind of made a snap decision once he told me he was getting deployed that I was going with him. So I found myself in boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot, I, I, I think. It does. There's a lot of stories of that. Yeah, I've um, had friends growing up that kind of were walking by the recruitment place one day and thought, yeah, or it was a dare or. Yeah. Yeah. So no family. Yeah, actually, my whole family was in the military oh, okay. with the exception of my uncle, at least on my father's side. We had uh, my, my grandfather was in the Navy, lifetime Navy, ended up coming out of the Navy and helping to, or started OSS, which ended up turning into the CIA. Oh, cool. My, uh, my great aunt and my great uncle were both Marines. Uh, my dad was air force, all on my father's side. On my mother's side, my grandfather was Army, Stone Normandy, crazy war stories from him. So it has been kind of a family affair. I mean, every, every branch of the military, Navy as well, or just... Yeah, I mean, everything minus Coast Guards. Oh, yeah. wow. So. Oh, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So how long were you in, and what did you do? Yeah, so um, I went in as, as reserve, so we had an eight-year contract. Went in as infantry, so boot camp, obviously same as everybody else. And then my secondary training was infantry school. Outside of that, my first deployment to Iraq, I got pulled out of my unit and sent through a secondary training for intelligence. Oh, cool. Yeah. The Marine Corps had this thing back in Vietnam where they used to take infantry guys and, and cross-train them in intel. So they gathering intelligence and actually still being effective as mm-hmm. an infantry Marine. Uh, that was something they, they started to bring back during Iraq, Afghanistan, OIF. I think it was, I think that's when I started it. Either way. So, yeah, they, they brought back for that. And it was it was pretty cool because I got to continue to be an infantry Marine. But I learned a lot of cool intel things. Also did a lot of paperwork, which wasn't fun. But so, yeah, infantry, essentially. Intelligent infantry. Nah. S- somewhat <laughs> intelligent infantry. 
So, so, <laughs> so if you told me anything, you'd have to kill me, basically. No, no, I just... Just, let's just not even... Yeah. Forget I, I, just, forget you know, I said anything. If I start breaking out crayons and, and just drawing weird symbols, you know, things have taken a weird turn. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've, I, I've hidden the crayons, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just so every, so no one worries. <laughs> so about how long were you in for? Eight years. A little under eight years. I, I got an early release. Most of the people did around the time that I was in. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it was right at the start of, like, the downturn, which never really happened until yeah. recently. Yeah. Different story entirely. Either way, eight years. So, <laughs> and this is a podcast about humor. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, there are some things you're not going to be able to look back on. I mean, there always is, right? Yeah, but that's a. I think keeps our sanity. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, especially. I mean, you've seen combat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literal combat, not just. I can say, yeah, I've seen combat, and but it's just a different type of thing. Oh, yeah. What, what I've seen is, you know, different than what other guys that have seen as far as combat goes, too. I mean, everybody had different varying levels and types. So, yeah, it's it's never the same, but yeah. all in all, it's the same. So as far as, like I mentioned humor a little while ago, you guys used humor to get through some of the horrible, terrible, or even not just the horrible, terrible stuff, just the everyday. My dad was in the Army in World War II, and he... Some of the army stories that he told really had me wondering why we weren't speaking German because it was just, I swear Gomer Pyle was based on him, but everything was changed <laughs> to save the end of the branch and where Gomer was from because some of these things are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that was just his, his boot, basic boot camp yeah. out in California. And then, of course, once he got called over to the Philippines, once Pearl Harbor got bombed, he got sent over there and some of the stuff that he heard and he saw he kind of turned it around and made it kind of funny, but I'm thinking that's because that was his way of handling it and how he kind of kept what, I'm not going to say what little sanity he had. He was a very smart guy and he was a fun guy, but I know a lot of it, he used humor yeah, just to kind of get him through the everyday, not just what he saw. Yeah, I mean, when you're engrossed in, I, mean, I, I guess, the atrocities of not just war, but humanity, yeah. it's hard to keep any semblance of sanity and for those of us that are in it consistently, humor is kind of the way to do it. it. It's a way to ground yourself, I guess, hold on to the humanity that you still have. My dad would tell his army stories for basically anybody who would listen. And it was wonder I had any friends growing up because the army stories. Yeah. He scared away a couple of boyfriends, too. But <laughs> I'm sure you did. That's, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but are there any, is there anything that you kind of go back to that you reminisce about that kind of caught you as particularly humorous or funny or? Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen, obviously. There's a lot you just kind of, not that you block out, but you forget just mm-hmm. over time. I think I th- the one that sticks with him the most, and it's it's not it's not a typical war story. It's just a story of Marines being dumb and together in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Marines yep. being dumb together in a truck. Man. Yeah, it's, we're, uh, we're an interesting bunch, to say the least. Um, I've known a few, a few in my day. <laughs> They're the first ones in, man. You gotta. The first ones into anything. Yeah. Including trouble mm-hmm. or stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You know, when, when you're in a Humvee in Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere hot, the inside of the truck's like ugh, 130, 140-ish. I don't remember the exact figures. It's hot as hell and it's not fun. And it smells because, you know, a lot of guys in, in a small place that are 
already hot because it's hot outside and you're wearing uniforms and, and flak jackets and, and it's hot and you smell. So you got four guys, driver, co-driver, two in the back, and then you have somebody in the turret. Well, when you have somebody in a turret that has uh, stomach issues from eating food from your interpreters at your base, it's, uh, it's a really bad moment when you're one of the two guys in the back <laughs> of the truck. <laughs> so yeah, you know, just cruising along, doing a patrol and... It's really not roads. There are in some places. Mm. But for the most part, you just kind of drive your truck on dirt if you're in one of the uh, fobs that are not in a, I guess, developed area. And uh, it's not pleasant. It's not not smooth. And if you have an upset stomach, you know how much bumpy roads suck. So, yeah. A hot truck in a desert full of Marines that are now covered in shit is not great. Oh, no. (laughs) No, it's it's the one that sticks with you, you know? More ways than one, I assume. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it did. Oh, my God. That's, I think, probably the number one, my second deployment, I guess. I was on a FOB about 40 miles outside of Camp Leatherneck and uh, staying out there for a couple weeks at a time. Me and, me and a couple of the guys would, would do a rotation back to the back to Leatherneck and then go back out there. And uh, one of the times I was out there, we got sick and tired of eating MREs. So we ended up trading a box of MREs for a goat. We had a grill at the FOB, you know, so uh, that was fun. Okay. Our, yeah. It was, and we confused people when we got back to the FOB and we <laughs> called in and said, you know, one Vic, five packs, one goat. They were confused. <laughs> <laughs> Threw people for a loop. So yeah, there's that one. So were they expecting something else and you brought back a goat? Well, they were expecting a, a truck like- full of Marines. Not no plus goat. goat. Not plus goat. No, no. It was it mission objective was not acquire goat. So did the goat become an honorary marine? The goat became before honorarily dinner. before dinner. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the goat uh, became a marine in many ways. <laughs> Just another casualty of war. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you get that. I'm sure there's there's many more, but those, I think those are the two that, as far as stories with humor, I think those are the two that stick with me the most. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, a bunch of other ones, but those ones stick. <laughs> like, like we said, humor, you know, yeah, you, you, you try to, you try to latch on to the, the funny stuff, keep it through as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you see anybody from your former company or? Not really. We were a reserve unit. So a lot of us weren't, not that we weren't super close. We just, we all lived in, I mean, we had people from basically the entire Northeast. Yeah. You know, I mean, our unit was all the way up to, up to Maine and down to, I think we had some people from Connecticut. So, okay. um, pretty, pretty widespread. You know, I, I, I stay in touch with a couple guys over the, over the years since I've been out, I've met up with a few of them. My buddy Rob, I still talk to, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we grew up together, so he's really the only one and his brother I talk to every now and then, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, it's a little bit different being, being in the reserves than it is active you don't spend every single day for you know four plus years with the same people it's it's kind of hard to not that it's hard to stay in touch but as it's different and that's I, mm-hmm. one of the things i th- i think i i kind of miss from being in is i didn't go active uh not that i wasn't active i, I had two deployments and the majority of my time in was on active duty but i feel like i kind of missed out on that it's just a different level of I guess brotherhood from from the guys that are active and spend every single day with each other and you know so 
I don't, I don't regret it at all. It's just one of those things where like, I wonder how, you know, how different would it be? Like, would we all still stay in touch or right. it's one of those things. And would you have any advice for people enlisting how to, how to handle being, I mean, granted people aren't right now being sent over. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be something else coming in the oh, next yeah, couple of years. Of course, of course. It always is, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, biggest thing I would suggest, and I, I say this to anybody that, that asked me that question, is don't join for free college. It's a very common thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my life. I'm going to join the military and go to college for free. Don't do that. One, I don't, I don't like to generalize or put a blanket statement out there, but from anybody that's been in and has met people that have joined because they want free college, they're typically the ones you don't want to be fighting next to because they don't care. They're scared most of the time. They're not committed. And it's, it, once again, I said it's a blanket statement. I know plenty of people that have, that have gone in and wanted nothing more than to be in the military. And once they see action, they cower in a corner. And it's, it's totally understandable. Everybody's different. But in general, in a non-combat situation, the people that, on average join for free college mm-hmm. are the shitbags of the group from what I've, I've experienced. Yeah. Uh, other thing is if, if you're going to join, I mean, have a, a goal, whether it's, I, I talked to a girl the other day at Home Depot. She got accepted to the air force. She's going in to be a nurse. Her, she already has her whole plan and everything. She already knows what specific MOS she needs to join in order to not just be a nurse, but be in an active hospital and be getting double pay from being on staff as a hospital employee and being in the military. Oh, wow. She's already got it set up. She's 17. She's done her research. She knows what she's doing. And it's, I think that is the greatest way to go in. Wow. I went in as infantry. That was my focus. I didn't plan on getting out of the military. Things changed. I got out and uh, I've been lost for a long time trying to figure out what I want to do with my life because my focus once I was in, because I, I, I enjoyed it so much, was to mm-hmm. stay in and you know, I got out and I didn't want to be, I don't want to be a cop. I didn't want to join one of the three letter agencies, you know, and, and it's taken me a while to figure out like a direction, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's, that's, I think the biggest thing. And that's, that's common for a lot of people that get out of the military is once you get out, you lose your, I guess, sense of purpose. And if you don't have a solid plan, a lot of people spend time, a couple of years, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what they want to do. So best piece of advice for anybody going in is, you know, have a plan. From when you start to what you want to do after, whether whether you get out or not, make make a contingency plan if you get out early for whatever reason it may be. My suggestion. Yeah. Regardless of what branch or. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, I mean, every branch, every person that's been in the military and has gotten out has, has experienced something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that. And it again. really doesn't matter what job you have. Obviously, if you go in and you're a JAG lawyer. It's a very high likelihood you're going to get out of the military if you even choose to, and you're going to be a lawyer, right? Right. Same as if you go in and you're, you know, a corpsman or a nurse or a dentist or a doctor, it's probably what you're going to continue doing. Mm-hmm. If you go in your infantry, typically the only route that you see from that is I'm a cop or a firefighter. Right. Uh, exceptions being if you end up going to special forces, most of the time those people come out and end up running their own businesses. And, mm-hmm. and I'm a blanket statement again. You know, there's a lot of different variables, but if you're going to go in, have a plan. And a sense of humor. Yeah, definitely a sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Life is so much easier with a sense of humor. Isn't it, though? Yeah. It is. It's the sense of humor that you have, honestly, like, I've always had a great sense of humor and a 
I guess, dark view on things just because I don't take anything in life really that seriously. Mm-hmm. I kind of roll with the punches and try to make light of everything. Yeah. And I carried that with me into boot camp and that helped more than anything. Boot camp is, is at boot camp now. I haven't gone through boot camp now, but it's probably a hilarious joke compared to when I went in and, you know, <laughs> People that were in 10, 15, 20 years before me are probably saying the same thing about my boot camp. And it's been watered down and it continues to get watered down. So, I mean, you know, 10 years from now, boot camp might be like sitting in a a middle school class. But when I went in, you had to have a sense of humor. You had to keep it to yourself, though, because you get in trouble for that and you don't want that. But it helps, you know, even in boot camp. You get court inducted, you get PT'd and you get turned into a sugar cookie and, and your whole day sucks and you've slept for three hours and you're exhausted and tired and all you want to do is go to bed, but you can't just make light of it, make a joke out of it, keep it to yourself. It gets easy. Should I ask what a sugar cookie is? Or uh, Yeah, sure. Okay. Great. Hey, Great. what's a sugar cookie so, as far as the Marines go? Uh, so when- it Sounds when, uh, delicious. Yeah, it does not, <laughs> does not feel delicious. So a sugar cookie essentially is when you really piss off your drill instructor and he makes you, your squad- or the entire, you know, just barracks room. PT, whether it may be, uh, I don't know, whatever their favorite punishment exercise is. My kill hat loved planks. That was his thing. I was going to say, is it like a drop and give me 20 kind of thing? Yeah, no. So they get you really, really sweaty. Like really sweaty. And then they make you go roll around in the sand pit. Sugar cookie. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but oh God. It's not nice. No, 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 no. Sweaty and sand and cracks and places that Mm-mm. sand should never see. It's so nice. Oh, dear God. No, not great. <laughs> oh, dear God. So, so yeah. yeah, keep your humor to yourself, folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I do thank you for your time. Yeah, of course. I'm Anytime. glad you're here. This was fun. If you think of anything, let me know. Of course. And we can probably do this again sometime yeah, at some point. Yeah, whenever. I'll, uh, I'll try to drum up some more stories. That'd be <laughs> sure great. That'd some. be great. I'd, I'd love to have a, just, it'd be fun to kind of compare Army, Marines, Air Force. It'd be just for my own personal, mm-hmm. you know, shits so and I, giggles. I, I, I don't, obviously I wasn't in Normandy, but I'd love to share my grandfather's story with you. Um, Please do. So he's do. not with us anymore. So I, I, I try to tell this one whenever I can. So my grandfather stormed Normandy. And obviously, you know, anybody that understands Normandy, most of the people that stormed Normandy didn't get off boats. Right. Yeah. So he got shot in the face as soon as his boat landed. Right in the cheek, through and through. Obviously, he got shot in the face, went in the shock, dropped, blood everywhere because head wound. Yeah. You know how bad a head wound looks even when it's not bad. Mm -hmm. So his whole, you know, the rest of his his team that was on the boat left him because they thought he was dead. And a couple of minutes goes by and he wakes up and looks around and runs to his team. Tap somebody in the shoulder, lets him know he's there. Guy that turned around, turned white, wet as a ghost, because, holy shit, Frank's alive, but he's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> white as a ghost, this guy passes out, because now he's staring at a dead Frank, who just tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that happened, and then, you know, they just continued on with their push, and yeah. my grandfather, the unlucky man that he is, made it approximately... What do you say? 50, 60 yards, hit a trench and got stabbed in the thigh with a bayonet. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's, uh, that was Normandy for him. <laughs> it's like that opening scene in was it, um, Police Squad with O.J. Simpson trying to get on the boat with the yeah. with, and just falling into the birthday cake and burning his hand <laughs> in the stove and just, oh, man. Yep. 
So that was that wow. was his story for me. But he lived to tell the tale. That's yeah, awesome. he did. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it never slowed him down. He kept going. <laughs> he uh, he lasted a long time. That's awesome. Was, yeah. So he's a great guy. But that was, I think, one of my my favorite stories that I've had from him. So oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's just scare my friend here really quick. <laughs> Well, between, you know, seeing someone that you think is dead and then the face wound and the whole... I mean, yeah, I mean... Oh, my God. I can't imagine how his friend felt. Turn around and... Ah! Yeah. I mean, you're dead. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's crazy. But, That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Of course. And if anybody else ever wants to share a story, come on, be interviewed. That would be awesome. Overnightobservations.com or overnightobservations at gmail.com. Send me a note. Take care. Thank you for listening as always, and I will see you on the flip side. Ciao. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Overnight Observations, Diary of a Night Shift Nurse. If you've laughed a little or a lot and learned something in the process, I've done my job. For more respectfully irreverent humor and the scientific proof that it's actually good for you, subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget that a little bit of levity goes a long way to leaving some of the darkness behind. The sun always rises. Greet it with a grin. Thanks for listening.